At a recent great homeschool convention, a mom asked me for the best way to have her son's books published. This is the Homeschool Sanity Show, the episode where my guest and I will talk self-publishing, whether you or your child is interested in the process. I'm Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschool mom and curriculum author, and this is the podcast helping you wave goodbye to worry and say hello to a happy homeschool. Hey, homeschoolers. Before we dive into the topic, I want to thank CTC Math for sponsoring this episode of the Homeschool Sanity Show. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old School House Crew Review, the lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to a test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. CTC Math uses a multi-sensory approach of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. This three-pronged attack makes learning so much easier and more effective. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And those who are doing just okay are now doing brilliantly. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. This is the best time in history to become a published author. That's because you no longer have to convince a publisher that receives thousands of manuscripts a year to choose your book. Neither do you have to pay thousands of dollars to publish the book yourself. My guest today is Grace Walker, a homeschooled student who self-published her first book, Stardust, at just 14. You're going to want to get your copy of this space-themed adventure novel that's perfect for teens. But if you are interested in self-publishing for yourself or your student, you'll want to listen to our conversation. Grace, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I am very excited about our conversation. I wanted to start by asking you when you developed an interest in writing and what do you think developed that interest? Well, it's actually kind of a funny story. Up until I was in second grade, I absolutely refused to write pretty much anything. I was super particular about how I wanted my writing to be, and so I just avoided it completely. Um, but then, but I love to read. I love to read books um, since I was little. And so as I read more and more books, I started thinking of stories that I would enjoy reading. Um, and so that was, uh, that sort of was the start of it. And then the inspiration for Stardust, I was having trouble finding books that actually held my interest. And, you know, a lot of teen books or young adult books ha cover some pretty heavy topics I wasn't really interested in reading you know and so I wanted to create a book that I would enjoy reading um, so that was really the main inspiration for it 
Right. Well, I love it. And you know, Grace, that was the inspiration for me to write Grammar Galaxy. I couldn't find the English curriculum that I wanted to use with my students. And so I wrote one. And I know that you have used Grammar Galaxy because we have to know good grammar in order to write, correct? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Yes. And so I know you are a fan of it. And so I was hoping you could tell my listeners why you recommend it. Well, I definitely recommend Grammar Galaxy because it's super fun. It's not like a basic, you know, grammar textbook. It's immersive and uh, you don't just get the lesson once and then never hear about it again. You actually, they reintroduce the uh, the topics, which I find super helpful because I tend to forget things if they are <laughs> reintroduced multiple times. So I found that uh, very helpful. And I know that you like that it was in a story format also because yes. yes, we're... I- yeah, go ahead. I found that I found that uh, so much so much better than most uh, grammar curriculums where it would actually incorporated it into something interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know we are both story fans. So I have read Stardust, the first novel in your trilogy, and it is not a chapter book <laughs> or a novella. Um, instead, it is a full-length novel, which is so impressive because, Grace, how old are you? I'm actually 15. Okay, okay. And so were you 14 when you wrote it or even younger when you started it? I started it when I was 13, um, and I actually published it when I was 14. Okay. So as a fellow writer, Grace, I am asking you this question for myself, and I hope my listeners are interested in this too. But when I look at a full-length novel that you have written, I want to know, how do you plan that? Because, you know, when I write short stories for Grammar Galaxy, the planning is fairly minimal. I have to know what is the concept I'm going to teach and what is going to happen? What is the main conflict in the story? How will it get resolved? Uh, But you have so many plot lines that you have to carefully thread through the entire novel. So I want to know, how do you go about planning that story? Yeah, well, actually, for the first book, I didn't start planning it at all. There was really no structure to it because I wasn't ever planning on finishing it. (laughs) <laughs> it was just kind of a it was just kind of a little like side project right when I was bored. And I'd had some other like little projects that I'd started whenever I was even younger and you know, those all sort of just tapered off. And so I figured this would be sort of the same thing. But then, you know, I started working on it more and more. I started, you know, actually kind of enjoying it. And I was like, Okay, maybe I have something here. So once I actually decided to decided to start writing it, um, I then I had to have a little bit more structure because I was planning on making this kind of a longer book I knew from the beginning I didn't know it was gonna be as long as it actually was but, <laughs> uh, I knew it was gonna be uh, definitely a longer book and so I started using a scene map where I would basically write out the title of the scene not the chapter but the individual scene and sometimes there are multiple scenes inside of a chapter and sometimes there's only one it depended on the importance or the length but I would write that on either a piece of paper on a post-it note um, and then stick them on a larger piece of paper and draw a line with pencil 
um, basically in the order that I wanted them to go in, basically kind of like a connect the dots, but for the story plot. And I found the post-it notes were especially helpful in the beginning stages uh, since I had to, you know, was still changing things up pretty often. Right. Um, And I've used that for the second book as well. Though with this one, there was more with my second book, Star Shadow, there's more structure because I was actually planning on writing this one um, (laughs) from the beginning. So I used, I started with a really detailed summary as if I was basically explaining the whole plot to someone so that I could reference that when I was writing. Um, And I added, you know, lots of little smaller details on that so I would remember them. And it was helpful also for, you know, whenever I'm planning out the third book, I can almost write both of them as one storyline and then just cut it in the middle to make sure it all flows uh, together well. Right. And so you're still using a paper planning system for the book. Wow. I love it. (laughs) Old school. That's fantastic. And so your actual writing, what program are you using? Well, whenever on the first book, I did some writing in longhand, um, but I quickly found out with all the changes I was making um, that that wasn't exactly practical. (laughs) Right. uh, It took a long time. So I started writing on a Word document Mm -hmm. and I found that that works really well. And so I started with a Word document for the second book too. And I'm going to keep using them because I feel like it just, it's easy to use. Absolutely. And it does make those changes so much easier. Grace, when I started writing in college, I was using a typewriter. Everything had to be corrected using whiteout. (laughs) You probably have never even used whiteout. (laughs) Um, No, no, of course not. (laughs) So, I mean, having a word processor, which is the official name for a program like Word, is a huge blessing to a writer. It just allows us to do so much more, be so much more productive. And that leads me to my next question, which is, I would love to know what your writing schedule is like in terms of, you know, how often do you write? Where do you write? And that kind of thing, because Uh, I know that you're being homeschooled, you're in high school, so you have other commitments besides being a full-time writer. So I would love to know more about your process. Yeah, well, I actually, I, for the first, for my writing, I never make it a requirement because I found that that puts pressure on me to actually write and I decided that that sort of took the fun out of it and so pretty early on I decided I would never make writing a requirement for my day um, which was pretty easy especially never still just a side project you know it was just when I had a few minutes I would jump on there and then as I continued on it more I just didn't want to put that pressure on it um, but because you know I needed to be in the creative zone to really uh, make my work what I wanted it to be. And I found if I tried to pressure myself to write uh, whenever I wasn't in that creative zone, then the writing reflected that. And it was flat and, you know, dull. And I was like, oh gosh, yeah, we can't do this. <laughs> so um, I I can basically, whenever I, whenever I am in the creative mode though, uh, I can write from 30 minutes to three hours um, for several days in a row. But then whenever I'm not in that creative mode or I get busy, I can not write for weeks at a time. And so my writing schedule keeps pretty flexible uh, 
Okay. As for where I write, I just usually write wherever my laptop is. Um, and I like to write um, around, often around my family. We just all hang out in the living room and I'll just write in there and be around them. But sometimes I'll go um, you know, up to my room or something for a quiet place to write when some of the more intense or longer scenes that I really need to be concentrating on. Yeah. Um, well, I find that absolutely fascinating. First, because I found that with myself, anytime I felt obligated to do something, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so that's when I would start procrastinating. But I also find what you're saying about your writing to be so interesting because it is in complete opposition to what most writing coaches and gurus would tell you that you have to write every day you have to make it a commitment and so you are telling us that you have been able to you know really be quite prolific without that kind of regimented required schedule so you wait until you have that creative kind of free-flowing mojo if you will and i love that and i also love that you are able to write, at times at least, in the middle of busy family life. And that's another excuse that many writers use well. I mean, I have my kids around. I know we have some moms listening right now who would love to be able to write. They talk to me about their passion for writing many times and they think, well, I can't do it until I have three hours of quiet time. <laughs> you know, away from the kids. And I think your experience argues against that. So I love that you share that. So my next question is about editing. Do you edit as you write? Or are you intentional about creating a complete first draft where you do no editing? So I actually do. Um, I sort of do a combination of both. Um, I normally just start, I start the process, I start writing, and with the first book, it was kind of different, too, because I didn't start writing it in order. I started writing, I think my first scene I wrote was from, like, chapter 37 or something. <laughs> okay. So, uh, it was kind of chaotic for that one, but with the second book, I started, um, and so, you know, with the first book, there was a lot of editing in the middle. Um, with the second book, whenever I had more of a plan, I found it easier to, I just started writing. And whenever I got about halfway through, I would start going back and rereading from the beginning because I'd find I'd have a lot of little details that I wanted to change, um, especially as it's because as the story went on, I was changing things like small things in the plot line. And so I would have to go back and change that or I'd find, you know what, I'm going to tie this scene to this later scene or, you know, add some more emotion and depth to it. So uh, I would go back and do that and you know and I check for you know grammar and stuff and I've even gone back and looked at grammar galaxy to double check <laughs> I uh, love some it of my bits <laughs> some of the scenes that needed uh to be fixed a little bit you know make sure I had the proper grammar in there and right. then I would continue writing it and I would just sort of once I got to the after I sort of reread the first bit again um because I found that that normally needed more editing than the second half 
Um, so I'd read that over and then I just finish it. And normally I'd be like, okay, I'll let it sit for a few days. Um, and normally that'd be about two or three days before I start getting really excited to go back and start working on it again. So then I'd go back and read over it and just edit as I read. Cause I found that I found that that's the best way for me to actually edit things. It's just, as I read, I start making the changes. Um, and whenever I stop changing a lot of things, you know, I start, you know, actually more reading than editing. I pretty much call it done. Okay. Um, and my mom reads over it with me to see if she, there's content that needs more clarification. Um, and then I use Grammarly, a software that checks for grammar and punctuation. And then I finally hire a professional editor, editor to check over everything with us to make sure it's publishing ready. And my editor actually has the final draft of my second book right now. That's fantastic. And I, I know who your professional editor is, and I have used her services as well. She's amazing. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to give her information out because I would like to have her available to help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you could probably twist my arm. She is fantastic. So um, one question I wanted to ask you really quick before we move on to talk about the publishing process is, can you just rely on... Grammarly to make corrections to your manuscript, or do you have to have a basic understanding of grammar in order to get the most out of Grammarly, do you think? Oh, you definitely have to have the basic um, understanding of grammar beforehand. Um, it's very helpful for um, some of the, some of the smaller things, you know, putting in commas and, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, typos. It's very good at correcting those, but there's also, also times when, you know, you really have to have that grasp of grammar to be like, eh, I don't know if that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. I have found that it will definitely make mistakes uh, because it doesn't understand, you know, it's not human. Mm -hmm. It's just artificial intelligence using what has been programmed into it about grammar to make those corrections. So you do need both. And I use Grammarly as well. It's a great follow-up check after you have done your own pass through um, looking yes. for mistakes. So, you know, that is one thing I wanted just to clarify for people too. Even if you are a grammar expert and I consider myself on the way to be to being a grammar expert just because of all the research that I do on grammar when I'm creating these volumes even grammar experts make mistakes <laughs> so if you make mistakes your your student makes mistakes don't worry about that because you're normal <laughs> you're completely human and normal and part of the process of learning grammar is making mistakes and then understanding why that mistake was made okay so we had a little detour there let's talk about self-publishing when you are a self-publisher, as you and I both are, you have to supply your own cover for the book. How did you create your cover for Stardust and for the new book coming out? It's Star Shadow. Is that correct? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, so actually, I love graphic design. It is a passion of mine. And so I definitely wanted to create the cover myself. Um, and so it was really fun. I used Canva, um, which I found super easy and great to work with, especially for making a book cover. 
Um, and so I just jumped right in um, with it and got started. And I made some, you know, there were some mistakes. I had to go and correct it. And I actually had learned whenever I was creating the cover that the front cover, spine, and back cover of the book are all one image, which I had no idea. Okay. So I had to go and reformat some stuff. It was like, okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, but uh, it worked out. And, um, and, you know, since I've read so much, I, you know, knew what sort of covers grabbed my interest and what, you know, I thought would f- I would find interesting. And so I used that for inspiration. Uh, and so it was really, it was a really fun process for me to get to design that cover and uh, that one. And of course the book for the second one, the cover for the second book, I designed that one too, and really enjoy the process. Oh, uh, it was fantastic. definitely easier this time now that I knew it all was one image, uh, less correcting. Right. Well, once you have your manuscript ready and that cover image, you are ready to upload it to a printer. So you you learned all about how the cover, all the pieces of the cover are one image. I had to learn that too and and download a template so that the spine would be the right width because that is based on the number of pages, correct? Yes, so, I knew that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you once you get all of that ready to go, you can upload it. Did you find that to be a challenging process or not? Um I thought it was it was a tiny bit confusing at first, um, but it was pretty easy to learn quickly. And my mom had used, was used it before, so it was helpful to have her. Uh, she knew how to work it and taught me. <laughs> um, and it was I found it yeah I found it was pretty easy to learn. We had with the ISBN and we contacted support and they were super helpful and got it cleared up really quickly. So it was definitely a, a good experience. Okay, well, fantastic. I know Grace that you used Kindle Direct Publishing, and that is the publisher that I use for all of my books as well. Uh, The printer, I should really say, because we are the publisher, are we not? Which is really fun. It's fun to be your own publisher, but Kindle Direct Publishing, which is through Amazon, if you aren't aware, makes the process of publishing your own books not only fairly easy, but it can also make it very, very inexpensive. I had a mom approach me at a conference I was speaking at last weekend to ask how she could get her son's picture book published. And she did not know that you can publish your book through Amazon on their Kindle Direct publishing platform. And the copies are very inexpensive, aren't they? To order. Yes. yes. Yeah. So you don't have to spend thousands of dollars with a publisher to order your books, especially if you are taking care of the formatting of the text, which is another part of the process, correct? It's not just the cover. The formatting of the text has to be just right with your chapters and um, the way that the text is presented on each page. But if you will handle that, then you can order print copies of your book. And now Kindle Direct has hardcovers as well, which is very exciting. And the cost to order a single book is no more 
expensive than ordering 100 copies of your book, which is what makes Kindle Direct Publishing a fantastic option for someone who wants to publish their books. Now, the only thing that people will want to be aware of if they use a self-publishing printer platform like Kindle Direct Publishing is that you are going to have to market your own book, right? <laughs> no one is, you don't have a publicist, do you, Grace, who's, you know, making the rounds and promoting your book for you and sending out your book in a book catalog for a publisher. You don't have that. So you have to do your own marketing. And it's one of the reasons why you're on the podcast today, correct? Yes, yes. I <laughs> Uh, definitely have to do uh, any marketing that I want done. I have to do myself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But it is absolutely doable. I am proof of that, that you can do it and sell copies of the books that you write. And it's a very gratifying process for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So after you finish your Stardust series, I am so interested to know what your plans are for future projects. Well, writing is, you know, writing is my passion, um, but I want to be able to do it without the pressure of it being my livelihood. So right now it's uh, staying as like a, a side project, a hobby. Um, after I finish the last book of the Star Elements trilogy, I have um, some more books um, in the works that I will be developing at some point after I finish this one. Um, but of course, I also love my graphic design. And so I'm taking some graphic design classes and even thinking about starting a business sometime uh, before I'm out of high school. So that's going to wow. be a lot. That's going to be sort of what I'm doing. That's amazing. And you have agreed to help me with a book cover for an upcoming project, haven't you? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, I'm excited to work with you on that. And I, I just think that your experience, Grace, and your goals are one of the main reasons that I love homeschooling so much. Um, it is so exciting to have our kids develop their passions and to have the freedom to take it in any direction that we want. I mean, I love that you know yourself well enough to know that you don't want to write for a living. That's not what you want to do. And um, I am excited to see where God takes you on this journey. Now, before we wrap up, I want you to tell us what is your uh, star elements? Is that what you said? Is that the yes. name of the trilogy? Okay. Yes, what, what is star elements about? And give us, give us the plot and why are young people are um, and then tell us what age range it's for too. why they want want to get a copy of your books in your series well the star elements trilogy is set in it's a adventure series set in space um it follows um a woman named anise um and she is one of the few people in the galaxy that has the a unique connection to the stars. She has unique powers and a connection to another one of the characters. And so this series is basically about their adventure and them exploring this connection 
this that they have um, and these abilities that they've been gifted with um, and using them to try and protect the galaxy um, against its enemies. Yes, and there are some very um, concerning, I'll put it that way, concerning enemies, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And I love, I'm just going to throw in there because I haven't read your your second book, but I love the way that you have written the romantic connection, the r romantic element of uh, your first book anyway. It's definitely age appropriate. And, and did you say what ages you think this book would appeal to the most? Well, I really intended it for ages about maybe the youngest of 12, um, but especially ages 13 through about 15 or 16 you know, because that's my age range. And I mm -hmm. have a hard time finding books for that, um, that particular age range. It seems like they're either geared towards like 12 and younger or 17 and up. And I'm really not interested in either one of those a lot of the time. So I find uh, I wanted to write something that was in the middle. Absolutely. Well, I think it definitely hits the mark. And I think if you read it along with your maybe middle school early high school student, I think you will be so, so <laughs> impressed. It is a fun read for moms and parents as well. I think you would really, really enjoy it. So I have made a pitch for people to buy your book. Where is the best place for people to find it? So right, my books are exclusively on Amazon um, right now, and you can follow my author page on Amazon to hear about new releases. Absolutely, and that that is a great tip for you when you find an author that you like, like Grace. If you follow their Amazon profile, Amazon will send you an email notifying you of new books by those favorite authors you are following. Well, Grace, this has been wonderful, and I am so excited, as I said before, to see how God uses this talent, this gift that he has given you, both in terms of writing and in graphic design. Thank you for taking the time to join me and talk with my listeners today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's I really appreciate it. To find a link to Grace's book, Stardust, and to Kindle Direct Publishing, check out the show notes at homeschoolsanity.com slash self-publishing. That's with no spaces. Thanks again to CTC Math for sponsoring the podcast. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me on the journey to homeschool sanity. I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on social media at Homeschool Sanity. And if you haven't heard it lately, let me remind you, you're doing a great job. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.